Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In this episode of The Tech John, we talk about Apple's anti-sexting tool and if not notifying parents is the right call. Is Black Twitter the new green book? We know you can get the tea, but is it also keeping us safe out here in these streets? What do you think about a DEI company that uses digital blackface to make diversity, equity, and inclusion videos? Yeah, we thought that too. And is getting paid for your data the new wave? It probably should be, but it's real though going to take a minute. We've got all this and more in episode 13 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly via NYC today, it's your girl, Tech Lifestep. And yo, out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Thuggish Ruggish? <laughs> <laughs> Did any of y'all catch the uh, verses? Uh, from, I, I didn't I, never ask. I, I caught the fight. I didn't watch it. I heard it was some nonsense, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people... Uh, foreshadowed there was going to be some drama specifically uh with bone thugs specifically with uh busy bone which has always kind of been the the black sheep of the group so uh about i actually watched it because i went to college in tennessee in the mid to late 90s so all we listened to was three six mafia right so uh i tuned in uh for that and i'd say about 20 Half hour into the show, uh, they elevated their uh, friskiness. The whole show, they were kind of like jawing at each other. But in the past, it was kind of like, you know, banter, you know, basketball, you know, trash talk. But this was kind of like extra stuff, right? So then about 20 minutes, half hour into the show, they stepped it up. Uh, Busy Bone said, hey, you know, blah, 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 y'all ugly MFing, so-and-so and so-and-so. Then 3-6 Mafia people fired back and said, you know, as, you know, do what you do, fellatio, all that good stuff. Right. And then uh, the uh, Busy Bone threw a water bottle and then uh, fisticuffs. Then so, <laughs> which these, is so funny. These are not 19-year-old rappers. Nah. These dudes no. is in their mid to Good late girl. 40s. Right. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Not the little young cat. So uh, for whatever reason, I guess they had to feel like they had to, uh, you know, uh, top what, um, Dipset and, uh, the locks did, you know, cause they were kind of chippy, but then they took it to the next level, which was so funny. Right. So then the verses actually took down the feed 
and put up a commercial. <laughs> and the commercial that they put up was uh, promoting the next boxing match. It's like, oh, great. That's that's the so let's that's the commercial. Some violence and promote <laughs> right. some violence. But that, so they, that, that they getting paid for that violence, so they right. put that on. Yeah. Right. So then, after about twenty minutes, the feed came up. They kind of shook hands, played amicable. Let's just get through this. They finished up their songs, and then you know uh, they they parted ways. So it was it was interesting. The first, I guess, actual altercation in what a year of doing verses. So you know that that was talk of the town. So <laughs> really, I mean, the last one it was a little bit chippy, but mm. they wasn't going to fisticuffs. They was right. you know. They, they was just doing I mean, what they do. Hip-hop. My hip-hop crew against your crew. Talk. But it's like right. it's just like you know, ain't ain't that much ego in the world gonna make me mess up my bag? I, I right. don't understand, folk. You know, so, and, and then like you said, Rob, these is grownups. You yeah. know, these ain't eighteen year olds just all young and dumb. And you know, they it's like, come on, man, we ain't ever gonna be able to rise as a people. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know, Bone Thugs, they're from here. You know, right mm-hmm. where I'm at. So you would see Busy all the time, just mm-hmm. bro. What are you doing? It's just like, mm-hmm. come on now, straight wild. just just straight wild, and it's just like, mm-hmm. why are you in the news again? So it was, so I I was wondering when I heard about it. Uh, you know, both groups, their music is great, but it was just mm-hmm. I've just not been into the verses. I've seen a couple of them, but uh, it was like. Uh, they they about to go out it on here for real. They did. Brian said during the commercial break, the promoter reminded them how much money. I think the promoter probably said, "Y'all know y'all got this contract, mm-hmm. and and if you are in breach of it, this is what's gonna happen. You ain't you know, paid. How much money is gonna come out of your pocket if you uh, if you breach this contract? So y'all might want to get back on that stage. Right, and that they did. They mm-hmm. shook hands. Mm-hmm. It's all did the. Did the whole it's all love, it's all right, love. Right. Let's let's get to giving y'all what y'all want. It's like, yeah, we yeah. pass that. Please can I get my check? Please get my can I get my check? That's basically what they were right. saying. That's it. Like knock it off. Yeah. But before we get into uh tech, y'all, I just want to remind everyone that we are on Discord and we are recording this live. We have people who are listening live, and the way you're able to do that is to become a patron um on our Patreon. Uh, and like we're also on Discord where we uh, talk about stuff. So if you are interested in getting any of the additional benefits of hearing us in the pre-show and the after-show, which last week was kind of awesome, um, you want to check us out at patreon.com forward slash the tech John. And we're also on Discord as well. So there's conversations that are popping up on our Discord as well that you get access to if you become a patron of us on patreon.com forward slash the tech John. So with that being said, Let's go ahead and get into some of this tech news and our first story. And when I was reading, I was like, okay, you know, let me just tell you what it is. It's, you know, the Apple anti-sexting tool um, is this a case of privacy versus parenting was the, you know, the name of the article. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, this is all good stuff until it's like, oh, wait a minute. They're not going to notify for like children under 13. This is what I'm saying. And, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, you know, you can't really call this one. There's a lot of folks who are saying that that's actually a good thing. You want to protect, you know, the privacy of these minors. I don't know if I want to, you know, if I got a nine, 10 year old is, is looking at the wrong kind of stuff, even though it may get blocked, I want to know so that there can be a conversation. I'm not expecting them to police themselves. 
Exactly. And let me give a little bit of backstory. Um, I, I picked this story because this is kind of what I do. Um, I talk to parents all the time through my workshop till death you tweet about this very thing and, and to young people as well about the idea of sexting and the, and the grave consequences that it might have. But in the next iOS update 15.2, the next one that comes out, Apple is going to introduce a function, a feature in the family sharing settings that will notify a minor, if someone is under the age of 18, it will notify them that they either have a nude photo being sent to them in iMessages, or if they're about to send one, it'll ask them, hey, do you really want to send this? Are you sure you want to send this? Kind of, you know, try to get them to, to think a little bit before they, before they hit that, that send button. Um, and I mean, for good reason at this point, you know, the numbers are staggering. I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always shocked, but I'm, I was still shocked. Uh, there was a study done nine to 12 year olds, 14% have shared sexually explicit material via their smartphone. This is up from 6% last year in 2020, 21% of nine to 12 year olds said this is normal. Behavior. This is just how they roll. Um, and 36% of the, of the, um, children nine to 12 who shared sexually explicit content, 36% of those children knew or believed they were sharing it with somebody that was 18 or older. So, you know, now you got the predator factor in there, the pedophile factor in there. Um, and this is what these kids are doing. I, 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 I want to shake parents sometimes because they, they want to tend to bury their heads in the sand and not think that this is a, not think that it could be their kid. Um, uh, but this is what these kids are out here doing. This is how they communicate. This is how they tell each other they like each other. Like sending nudes is, is the same. Do you like me? Check yes or no that we did mm. back in the day. You know, now it's send me a nude. So this is what they're doing, but there are some serious, serious consequences to this. And, and like you, Rob, I don't know that I'm okay with the idea that, you know, Apple's going to notify them, but not notify the parent. I mean, that kind of, to me, defeats the purpose. Well, this is a tough one. Um, cause I have, uh, two daughters, um, one, uh, 13 year old and another one is, uh, turning 11 soon and she's going to want a phone. My 13 year old has a phone as well. And well, and both of my kids have tablets. So they uh, are active enough to know what's going on via, you know, social media, specifically their uh, app of choice is TikTok, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to think that my kids have, you know, uh, sense enough to, you know, uh, Take heed to any sort of weird communication, specifically nudes. But again, I'm not there. Well, now you like so to I can't, that, but have that's what I'm saying. Conversation. Yeah, right. Okay. I've had the, I've had the conversation, okay. and you know, from them, you know, just monitoring their um uh, their usage. You know, they really don't even have TikTok accounts. They just go to the TikTok on the web and kind of like just browse through. So once once at the account thing is where it's like, hold up, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's do all this other stuff. But again, like I said, I like to think, but I'm not them. You know, I have to give my expectations, my requirements, and then I have to hope and pray that they will follow through. Um, But at the same time, I can, I'm with you. I want to see what um, any sort of weird communications that would come. 
But I understand that kids, especially 13 year old, I don't know if Apple wants to jump into that fight as to when are people considered not necessarily adults, but when do they at what age do they have that privacy that Apple is now the customer or not the the, the arbiter the kid right and the mm-hmm. kid is the customer of apple not me right i bought the phone the kid is I the gave customer them of of you if you bought that phone right but again apple i don't know if apple wants to wade into that waters of defining Making the decision for exactly you. so you know i can i i get it i can see it i may not agree with it because again i want them notifications right. i want something the same way the same way i've got their bank account set up the same way I've got their in-app purchases set up. Anytime they make a move, it flags me and I have to decide whether or not they can spend that money, whether or not they're allowed to download that app. I would want the same type of notification, but I can see Apple saying, I don't know if we want to be in the middle of all this right now. So but let's, do you want to be in yeah. the middle of a situation where like, like it, this to me is, you know, I'd rather be heavy handed than not because right. there are very, very serious implications of of having this sort of sexually explicit content on the phone of a minor. You right. know, depending on your state, you could be arrested for being in possession of child pornography, even right. if the pictures are of you on mm-hmm. the phone. Um, you know, kids are killing themselves on a regular basis because this kind of stuff gets out and it always gets out. FYI, any young people listening right now, I can 110% guarantee you that somebody else is going to see that picture who you didn't intend to. And, and so with the stakes so high, I don't think we have the, the, the luxury Mm -hmm. of, and I don't want, and I don't, and I don't want to, lead people to believe that I don't think children are are entitled to their own privacy, but minors, an eight-year-old isn't. Um, they just right. not. I'm sorry. Right. Um, they just ain't, in my opinion. So it, it it's like, I think, you know, I would, I would rather err on the side of nobody gets it rather than mm-hmm. even one kid get caught up in some mess. Right, sex trafficking or something. Yes, but the parent didn't know that these pictures was out there. So, right, right. Yeah, Uh, no, I get it. Yeah, I I am. What about you, Rob? I'm with with you, Stephanie. Uh, So, I I understand that there is probably an age range. If they would have left it 13 and above, I I wouldn't necessarily. I'm just 100 percent down with that, but I could understand it. Right, but. Not every parent is keeping a cell phone from the kid until they get to 13, 14 years old. You know, some kids literally have them seven, eight years old. I don't want my seven or eight year old to have to, you know, be the one to decide whether or not, you know, am I doing this? You know, is this a good thing that I'm doing? This is a bad thing. That's not their decision. That's my decision. You know, that's right. That's that's my decision. It's like the eight year old did not buy the phone. The 11 year old didn't buy the phone. I bought that phone for them. I want to know everything's going for eight year old that would get sent a nude. They're going to be terrified. They're not going to know what to do and Mm -hmm. who to to tell Mm -hmm. whoever sent that to them, especially if it's a grown up, probably told them, don't tell your mom or something bad's going to happen to you. Exactly. They might be extorting them. So 
the likelihood that they would say something to you, you're thinking you got the kind of kid that'll come to me and tell me, they might be terrified and not know mm-hmm. what to do and be paralyzed right. with mm-hmm. fear in an activity. Now they got this content on their phone. They don't know what to do about it. And you didn't get the notification that it's on there. So you don't even know that this is going on. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, right. it's, I, I, I don't know. There was a, there was a one line in particular, a quote in there. Um, one of the people that had, um, misgivings about, um, Apple notifying parents. They didn't want Apple to notify parents. The quote was notifying parents also conveys to kids that they're being watched. Mm. Ain't that the point of parenting? Yeah, exactly. I get it. Right. And I, I think again, Apple is trying to say, okay, well, this is what you should do, but it, so we're going to leave it up to y'all and let y'all figure that out. And you that's know, basically what they do, we're passing the buck. <laughs> I'm right, just wondering, right. I hear a lot of parents, and, and some of this might be cultural, uh, but you're really trying to be your kids' friends? Way too much. I'm not, Trust. you know, I, I don't talk want, to them all the time, and they, yeah. I'm not trying to be my child's enemy, but. Being their friend is not but part we, of the we, agreement. I, I, am, I am your parent. We're not right. peers. Exactly. exactly. We're not peers. So, you know, no, no. Like I said, I, I remember I had a buddy in, in high school who said the wrong thing to his mama about uh, get out of his room. <laughs> and he had no room for the remainder of his 11th grade year. Right. He literally was forced to sleep in the garage. <laughs> While it was cold, now, this is this is Ohio. This is Midwest. It gets cold. You, you, uh, we got I a mean, kerosene heater. You can wake up in the middle of the night and fill that thing back up. But yeah, for the remainder of his eleventh grade year, he no longer had a room. He's a he's he's a he's a minister today. I mean, he, he's a he's a good dude today. <laughs> he is a good dude today. He, he learned his lessons. So I'm not saying I'm necessarily willing to go that far, but. uh my eight, nine, ten, eleven year old, if they got the wrong stuff showing up on their phone that I'm paying for, I need to know. No. I, I need Apple. No. You you need to you need to holler at me real That's quick. It. That's so. it. I, yeah, I'm a little yeah, it's like they almost got there, but this really just stopped short. Um a couple more things about this. Um the company is saying they won't have access to the actual messages. They've been training their their AI, their artificial intelligence to recognize these photos. So so now there's that layer of of complexity to it because is the AI going to correctly recognize what it needs to recognize in these messages since there allegedly won't be human moderators to look at the photos before they get flagged? That's number 1. Um the end-to-end encryption will remain in iMessages. So um so again, they're really just going to be going off of the data sets that they've already trained to recognize the potential nudes in the in the messages going back and forth. Um, and it won't work with other messaging apps, obviously. So if your kids have WhatsApp or GroupMe or something on their phone, um, they can still do it anyway, unfortunately. So, you know, as, as I tell parents all the time, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta talk to your kids like repeatedly all over it. It can't just be a one-time thing where when you hand them the phone, you say, don't send new pictures. Like you gotta continue to have that conversation as they grow up um, and and do whatever you feel like you need to do. Every, you know, every kid is different. 
Some kids don't need you all over their shoulder like that. Some kids do. Um, but you know your child and, and it really is up to you to be the parent in this situation. Right. And that's what I would say. You know, it's really up to the parents. I could see there are a lot of, like you mentioned at the top, Stephanie, there are a lot of non-complacent or uh, complacent parents who depend on the, for whatever reason, depend on the quote unquote uh, these tech companies and these e- uh, user license agreements to say, okay, well, you know, if the ball is dropped, then it's y'all fault. Right. You know, when ultimately, 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 it is up to the parent. And if this is bothering you as a parent, then your kid, you need to sign in to their phone with your Apple ID. Mm-hmm. So you get all the notifications and then you have to, and this, I think that kind of forces parents to really have the conversation because again, like you mentioned, the kid may be feeling that they're being watched and they really don't have any sort of, any sort of private time, you know, and if that's the case, then you need to have that conversation and you need to lock down those devices, you know, versus. And maybe they're not ready for a smartphone. You know, right. maybe, exactly. maybe they have a flip phone. And that's the, and that's the ultimate thing. Cause like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Rob, their kids getting phones at eight years old. My kids had to wait until they turned tweens. Like I got my 11 year old now begging for a phone thinking she's going to get one from Christmas. I'm like, I don't I know, know why. No. Why do you have this phone on your Christmas list? You're not okay. getting it <laughs> until you turn of age. But you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm only a parent to two kids, two kids. In this age, you know, I can't control all these other kids. And I think Apple's kind of the same way. It's like, eh. yeah, it, it involves them of any sort of real responsibility around it. They can they can say they can pay some lip service to the idea that they did something, right. um, mm. you know, but then they don't have to take responsibility for if, if it, in fact, blows up in somebody's face. But. Ugh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just the world we live in. These the are our problems. In, the the moral to this story, <laughs> the moral to this story is uh, Apple is going to block it, but you still need to have conversations with your kid because you may not know that they block something. So just right. talk, talk to your kid. You should talk to your kids regardless of whether Apple's doing this or not. Talk to your children. Um, you'd be amazed at what you find out when you, when you actually have regular conversations with them. So this next story, I'm so glad that this popped into our rundown right before we got into the show. But is Black Twitter the new Green Book? Yeah. So I put this in the story because a lot of people assume, you know, rightly or wrongly, that Black Twitter is one, they're questioning, is it a thing? Number one. Number two, then what? (laughs) Number two. What is it useful for? What are they you? What? Are, how do you use it? You know, how do you get access? Is there some sort of gatekeepers? Is there so, some special code? Be- before, you got to know some. Before go you go too far into the story, why don't you tell folks what Black Twitter is? Because Black Twitter is absolutely a thing, but we may right. have some listeners who may not know what Black Twitter is. Well, and it's basically just a subset, a microcosm of Twitter, but it caters to. Um, or not even caters to. There is a community of people who use Twitter a certain way. Mm-hmm. We share, we they they share. Well, let's say we we share um, cultural conversations, things that are specific to us, whether it be whatever's talking about in the news, whatever's just talking about in life in general. There is a a community. There is a language. There is a lingo 
There is a community of people who use Twitter a certain way, mm-hmm. i.e. is what we call it black Twitter. Again, there's no there's no leaders. There's no org right. chart. <laughs> you know, there's no there's none of that. You there's know, no president of black Twitter. Right. Right. But it is a uh, state almost like hip hop. You know, you know it when you see it. Right. Right. Um, if you know, you know. Exactly. So, you know, but uh, getting into the story, uh, the, a lot of people who, whether on the outside or people on the inside, you know, they use it for, you know, you think traditionally it's, uh, oh, you know, people sharing funny memes or people talking about just general, you know, uh, pop culture references, like things of that rea- nature. When a reality TV show is on, right. for example, at, there will be top- a whole lot of chatter right. around, you know, that. At the top of the show, I was talking about the versus thing. That's something absolutely you would um, play by play conversation. Exactly. You could you know. scroll so fast you couldn't even read the, the comments. <laughs> it was going so fast when that fight happened. Right. Um, but a story, uh, I'm sorry, a um, a study done by this young lady's name is Shamika Klassen. Klassen. Uh, she's a doctoral student at Colorado, Colorado University Boulder. Uh, conducted a study between April and May of 2020, analyzing over 75,000 tweets and interviewing 18 black Twitter users. And basically from this study, um, she compares the findings to serving a similar purpose as the Green Book. Now, for those who don't know, I'd say back in Jim Crow, Jim Crow um, uh, post-slavery, you know, there was a lot of places that black people couldn't go. There's things we couldn't do. You had to be, you know, uh, there were some areas, call them sundown towns, mm-hmm. to where you could not be in those certain areas to where black folks did not feel safe. So this green book was kind of like a uh, a map or an atlas that let people know, black folks know, where they could go, where they could lodge, where they could eat, where they can entertain themselves and feel safe. And don't have to worry about, um, you know, any sort of um, retribution, any sort of, you know, just a plate, a safe space when they traveled throughout the South and, you know, up the East Coast, you yeah. know, uh, without feeling, you know, uh, getting in trouble or having any issues. Right. So this study um, kind of discovered the platform was, wasn't being used, uh, utilized solely to share memes, but also to request safe suggestions for lodgings, places to eat without being side-eyed, and with professionals to book in which areas. So fast forward uh, that Green Book concept to now on Twitter, specifically Black Twitter, you know, a lot of people are starting to use Twitter, Black Twitter and say, hey, you know, where can I go to where I can be around people who look and feel and act and talk like me? Now, we're not necessarily, you know, they're not using to say, okay, well, I don't want to get, you know, um, I don't I don't want to go to where I'm not feel safe. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened recently to where when black people start to congregate, that's where the whole Karen thing came from, Mm -hmm. to where people are starting to call the police. They're getting in their business, you know, and I think as a result of some of those things that came up in the past two or three years, people are starting to use Twitter and say, hey, where can I go to where I can eat and I can have a good time? without somebody possibly bothering us, calling the police because they think we don't fit. So instead of fighting all that, you know, they're using Twitter uh, as this new age green book. So I just thought that was cool um, that they're actually, people are using Twitter, specifically black Twitter, something more than just sharing funny memes. I would go so far as to say though, that that 
most social platforms get, well, I won't say most, but I know Facebook also in particular because they have that specific feature where you can ask for recommendations. Um, so I've seen a lot of people on Facebook too, um, like asking for a hairdresser, anybody know a good hairdresser in the area or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So I think that is one of the, you know, one of the good things that comes out of these social platforms is that it does allow us to connect as a community and, you know, look out for each other because it's, it's hard out here for black folks these days. And, you know, the, the more we can, just give each other a little tidbit of advice to say, you know what, you might want to steer clear of that place. Even if it's just on some, they don't make the best food. So don't eat right. there. Don't waste right. your money. You know what I mean? It, it, it mm-hmm. may not even need to necessarily be a safety issue, but just a, a, a community issue. Like I'm looking out for, for my peoples, you know, I love that, that it can be a vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. I personally, now this wasn't on Twitter. It was on Facebook. But, you know, I used to travel a lot and there would be times when I would have to travel with very, very short notice. And, you know, back in the day, Terrence, you might remember when I was wearing my, you know, my hair skin tight. So I would have to get a cut every week. And if you missed a cut, you would be looking pretty scraggly. So (laughs) they're depending on what business or what company I was going to. There just may not be the person I can say, hey, where can I go get a cut? You know, a a good cut, because you can't just go to like super cuts all the time. You can't just. You just can't do that. So, yeah. so you can, there's you can't certain go types of supercuts none of the times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that is probably true. But that, you, that, you know, I, I distinctly remember it's like, ah, there really is nobody here that I'm working with that I'm going to ask. Let me go to Twitter or no, let me go to Facebook and say, Hey, I'm here. Where can I go and get a good cut and give me specific directions on, on how to get there? And uh, so, yeah, this this is a thing. Um, I never thought about it, but yeah, I've ac- I've actually done this, and it's probably a good thing because uh, you know you, you know people just feel comfortable sometimes being where they're comfortable. I know if I was getting a Airbnb, I'm going to look up and say, hey, is is it commonplace that folks that look like me get you know the police called on them for actually existing in the place that you rent? Because that's the thing with Airbnb. You know, it, it has happened on more than one occasion. It's happened on many occasions to where you literally are just renting a spot and the spot's in the wrong place and neighbors think you're breaking into the place right. um, because you're actually typing in the number on the code to get the key. So, um, yeah, this is a this, this is an interesting way that I've actually done and just never thought about, oh, yeah, this is it's, it's kind of like a green book. It, it, it actually is. And just FYI, because I, I, I thought I remembered that somebody had actually put out a new version of the green book, like an actual physical version. And um, Martinique Lewis, who was the creative lead for No Madness Travel, I remember, I think I still follow that um, Instagram handle, um, but she put out the ABC Travel Green Book last year um, on August 25th, it came out. So there is a, there is a green book on sale, uh, but you know, you can always just pop on over to Black Twitter. <laughs> So this next story is one that I stuck in, um, but it's, it's not something that I researched on my own. It was uh, one of our listeners, uh, Ken from Chicago on Twitter, hit me up to this. And the article is about, uh, you know, is this blackface? There is a company, um, a DEI company called Mersion, and they create videos uh, that uh, use avatars to walk you through different types of scenarios for uh, DT, DEI type things. One of the things that is somewhat problematic is that they're using white actors 
to portray black people in these videos. And I wanted to get each of y'all's takes on what's going on. Because it's like, when I, when I was like, ah, like for real though? This, yeah. this is what we're doing now? It's, yeah. You're DEI I, you know, company and, and this is what you're doing? You know, and, and, and you know, they, they, they got some brother at the company to, to say, you know, I don't think he said that of his own volition, but the, the argument that they used for why they used white actors to portray black people was that they didn't want black people to continue to have to be re-traumatized by playing these roles over and over. I'm like, we re-traumatize every day because we live in America. So I'm not sure how this is going to add to that. But anyway, um, I, I don't necessarily buy that. However, if you were legitimately trying to, you know, uh, you know, save some black folks from some trauma, I think you could at least have done some due diligence on um, script approvals and 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 something like like don't be having white folks up in here using n words and 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 just trying to you know mimic African American vernacular English and and and, and all that without. I, I don't know. I don't like it. The whole thing stinks. I'm trying. I'm trying to like figure out what little loophole I can give them to 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 make this okay. Um, but I'm struggling, as you can see, and and I, I just I don't like anything about it. I really don't. It's just how ironic is it that you are a company that's telling other companies, "Hey, you need to do better with diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion." And, and you ain't even doing better in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. How can you, you know, convince a company that they need to spend more money? They need mm-hmm. to uh, reach out to more people. They need to utilize more resources in order to make it a more diverse company. When you yourself aren't doing the research, you haven't hired any more people. You're not spending the extra money. It's like. How does that that even work? Because Immersion, they have DEI issues of their own. The other part of this article was their own employees and contractors say that, yeah, there's a lot of problematic stuff that's going on. And I mean, they they just, they hopped on that 20. It was a money grab. Like everybody else did when, when George Floyd was murdered. You know, everybody and their mama became a DEI expert because the companies all of a sudden, every company wanted to be woke. And they was throwing bags of money at whoever could help them be the wokest. Mm-hmm. And this company got a bag, you know, and, and it's just, it's like, okay, y'all, y'all didn't even do DEI training before <laughs> last summer. You know what That's I mean? So, right, right. and now y'all got a $20 million valuation behind mm-hmm. some, some whack ass, uh, virtual reality <laughs> that right. y'all doing that, you know, I just, it, it, it just, the whole thing just stinks. The whole thing just stinks. So yeah, one of the one of the things that I, you know I took away from the article as I was reading through it was that uh, you know, let me just say this first. So black people are not a monolith. We are nothing close to it. There's simply too many of us for for that to be the case. So it is very possible that you're going to have even black actors who they have to act a part. They've got to play a part in whatever script that they're working out. So some people are going to say, well, if a black actor can actually play the part, well, couldn't a white actor? And well, in this case, they are. So it's not about whether they can or not. They are doing it. The question is, you know, well, should they? Because one of the things that, you know, regardless of, you know, uh, you know, what 
you know how you lean on societal uh, norms you know how you how you lean on things that happen in our world when you are a black person because we are not a monolith there is a shared experience of well you are black and there's just things that happen to you there's things that you know that you know that that happen in your world that just don't happen in another world because the other world doesn't have the same level of pigmentation that you have Absolutely. so because of that you know, there's just going to be some cultural things. You know, you can actually have a white person who's trying their best to play a role, but unfortunately, they're going to bring some of their own unconscious bias to that role that's going to come through. So no matter like, what. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this is as bad as if you have somebody go put some shoe black on and literally change the color of their skin to go play a role. I'm not saying that, but it's like, come on, you're a DEI company. Right. And this is, you know, and, and they were also, you know, it wasn't just black folks. They were also using neurotypical folks to play autistic folks, which I don't think was probably the best thing to do um, either. And, and it's just like, you know, especially when you have the um, ability to hire the people you need to hire to do the thing. If, if, if you don't want to traumatize your black folks from always having to play the black role, hire some more black people. Well, here's the thing. You know these are mean? contractors. And, these are, yeah. th these aren't even employees. Right. These, the, the talent, they're contractors. So if they're so contractors, you can, you when can you have, have a black a rotating pool of, of different black people and different autistic people to, to, to fill these roles and do them the justice that they deserve. Because when you're trying to, I can see if, you know, it, it, this is definitely still not another loophole, but if this was just theater, you know, and these were just movies and you're like, it's a virtual movie. It doesn't make a difference, whatever. But you're using these videos to train other human beings. And that's my you know point. I mean? Yeah. And and so you need to have the, the most authentic and accurate experience possible and and you're not necessarily going to get that when when, like you said, Rob, there's some unconscious bias that's just going to inevitably creep in to somebody who doesn't have that same experience. And that's just like me trying to uh, train somebody on how to use Windows 11. And then, you know, they do a review or something. They ask me a question. I'd be like, well, I don't have a Windows computer. So <laughs> it's like, well, how do you not have a <laughs> Windows <do> computer? <laughs> right. It's the same thing. It's like, how are you going to train somebody on diversity, equity, and inclusion? And then, you don't have diversity, equity, and inclusion. It just makes sense. It just yeah, makes it sense. And it, it stinks. I'll just I'll leave with this one point. But he's going like, to take that money and run. That's yeah. what I see happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, because now you're going to have their customers is like, huh, I don't, we can't, can't buy these videos anymore. Uh, Here's what thing yeah, that I was just thinking. None though. of the companies they worked with had a comment, but best believe <laughs> they all going back to their oh. own departments. Like, did y'all know about them? Man? Okay, yeah. Who's the fire behind this? Get rid of them. Oh yeah, they they buy. The, 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 the comments is in the purchase orders. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> decline, decline, Who decline. This? Who okayed this? So, Who, like, so the last thing I'll say on this order? is that one of the comments was. Well, we're trying to spare the feeling. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. We're trying to spare the feelings of our black actors. We don't want we'll to have be, to make well, they'll be all right. But aren't you concerned <laughs> about the white actors that you out there having them trying to act like, what is her name? Right. Ziggy Azalea? <laughs> it's just like, you going to make them act like this? It's like, come on now. It's like, this is, it's, it's just not a good look. Like I said, it's, it, it is not as bad as, as shoe paint, you know, shoe black, but, but come on is, now. You're a DEI company. On that line, though. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So our next story, um, and this is one that actually happened as our show came out last week. Uh, I was on, believe it or not, I was on DTNS, and this is one of the show topics, but uh, Twitter has changed one of their policies, uh, one of their safety uh, policies, uh, banning the sharing of photos and videos of, for lack of a better word, non-famous people um, or non-newsworthy people. So you essentially can, if you are, let's say somebody captures you in a picture, you could go and say, hey, I don't want my picture on Twitter, take it down, and they will facilitate that. And if you have a certain group or a certain person who is continually um, line-stepping this new rule, then those accounts can actually get banned, um, you know, taken down, or you just can't post anything new until you go take your, your offending content down off of the platform. So as we're, you know, I'm going through this story and I'm, I'm just thinking it's like, this is a real slippery slope, um, you know, Twitter, because number one, you know, there's no freedom of speech things here. It's their private platform. If you want to take this stuff down, you can take it down, but you're going to have a whole heck of a lot of folks who are going to be bombarding you with, I don't want, I don't want this up. I want this down. I don't want this up. I want this down. I don't want this up. I want this down. And literally moments after this, after this new rule goes into a place, you know, there's folks on the far right who absolutely exploited it to the point to where they were taking down real journalists, uh, because they were, they were, they were basically getting together and say, let's go after this person. Let's go after this person. Let's go after this person. And like it was bad Yelp reviews when they flood the, the exactly. Yelp reviews with something. And I'm just I'm I'm wondering to Twitter because when I started you know looking at this story last Tuesday, it's like half of Twitter is up in arms on this, and they're telling you this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and then that thing happened, that thing happened, that thing happened. It's like Twitter, how did you not know that this was going to be the case. So, you know, to, to further the story on Friday last week, Twitter had to come out and basically put out an apology, um, and say that they fixed the issue, or at least they've addressed the issue and that they're going to, uh, you know, put a, you know, a team in place, a steering committee where they're going to actually look at the, uh, you know, the, you know, how they intend for this rule to be used, uh, going forward. But Twitter, did you not know that as soon as you start saying that, as long as you're not famous, you can have your, uh, you know, your picture taken down. You can have that video of you taken down that you're going to be bombarded with people who want their stuff off the internet. I mean, all these social platforms are just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks as it relates to, you know, privacy and, and, and all this kind. Like, I mean, this was just one more 
piece of spaghetti <laughs> against the wall. It it obviously did not stick. Um, and and now they gotta now they gotta dial it back. It it, it I don't I don't know what you do at this point. You know I I don't know is the internet broken? Maybe that's like a whole topic for another show. Like is the internet broken? Because I just don't know how you effectively police speech online. I don't know that you can. And and they tried and it, and this is what and this is what they got. So yeah, that's why your boy uh, Jack Dorsey was like, you know what, I'm out. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, deuces. I'm, I'm, out of here. Like, I'm tired. Y'all, y'all done made my hair gray and my beard gray, and mm-hmm. you know, aged me twenty years and in, in five, and, and I'm done. Yes. Let me out. yeah. Let me I'm just go big. buy the rest of Bitcoin and change the name of my company from Square to Box <laughs> and do some other stuff, so I don't have to be the one to answer to this madness that y'all I want mean, to implement. Nonsense. And yeah. like I said. You know, when I when I initially read this story, I'm like, this is not going to go well. This is <laughs> this is just not going to go well because you're leaving too many things for Twitter to interpret. Number one, who is newsworthy? Well, that that's a decision that Twitter has to make. Who's famous? That's a decision that Twitter has to make. So is this person famous and this person isn't? Um, th- there's all these things that, that come into play. And then the fact that there are going to be, um, and, and Twitter said malicious actors who they actively gained the system to try to, you know, to try to throw a monkey wrench into it. And, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they, they, they were getting legitimate journalists and journalistic, uh, institutions, uh, you know, banned or suspended. Uh, and this, like I said, this, the, the rule changed on Tuesday and Friday. They're apologizing for the rule that they actually changed. Well, I think about, um, you know, how the, the other side of this, like, I, they're on TikTok. I'm not, I'm pretty sure they're on Twitter too, but I, I, I follow them on TikTok. There's a couple people, three people on TikTok in particular. One is Aunt Karen. Um, another is like Tizzy something. He's this white guy with this beard and, and the great Londini. Like their entire accounts are just putting people on blast for egregious, Karen like behavior. Like that's all they do is show videos and be like, internet, do your thing. Internet, find them. Internet, break it down. You know what I mean? Like internet, let, let's get this person fired. Like literally that's their, those are their accounts. And I mean, listen, they doing God's work in my opinion, but would, uh, would a rule like this silence them as well? You know Absolutely, because it, it did. Yeah, it, it because did. Because according to according to the story, it said uh, these you know folks trying to game the system, like Rob said, uh, ended up getting you know some journalists' accounts locked because they were doing things like sharing publicly available images of just anti-maskers, mm-hmm. anti-vaccine protesters, and suspected capital insurrectionists. See? So these capital insurrection uh, insurrectionists, these anti-maskers used this law and said, you know what? I need those pictures taken down or I need these accounts locked because of this rule. Now, again, you know, um, you were asking earlier and then actually Brian uh, put in the chat, you know, what determines who is famous. And I already mentioned that, you know, uh, clearly there is a unwritten rule that, okay, you're an anti-masker, you're a capital insurrectionist, you, you should not, uh, this, this law does not apply to you. But when you, like you said, Stephanie, when you have to put law or put, uh, rules in to, to try to, um, define what these are, 
people are going to find the loopholes. They're going to find the loopholes and that's what they did. So now again, like you said, there, in my opinion, I don't think there's any way you're going to be able to AI adding moderators, hiring this whole group or whatever. There's no way you're going to be able to, to create this utopia back in the bottle at all. Right. Sorry. I will say this to you, Twitter. If you stop allowing people who are out there carrying it to be put on blast on your platform, <laughs> you're going to lose a whole lot of users because like, like you said, I, I'm all for that. Now, let me say this. I am a fan of redemption. I don't think that what you do today has to define you tomorrow. But if you, if you go say some really, really racist stuff, you don't just get to say that after you get caught, I'm sorry. And then everything goes back to the, to the way no. that it was. No, it, it, it may take you years. Yeah. You know, freedom of speech. I, I am a proponent. I've been saying this for years. I'm absolutely a proponent of freedom of speech. You can say what you want to say um, and not have to fear the government coming back after you for it. But here's the thing. You don't get freedom of consequences from said speech. Um, and, and there's so many freedom of speech warriors who think that, you know, well, Twitter is infringing on my freedom of speech. No, they're not. They're a private company. They can infringe all they want. It's their right, just like it's your right to say what you want. They don't have to have it on their platform. So I'm not going to, you know, you know, fault them for that. But it's like, Twitter, you already had rules in place that address this. I, I'm not really certain what it That's is you were trying to enforce the rules you already yeah. had. What were you trying right. to do outside of, well, maybe Twitter wants to hire some new people because it's like, you're going to need to put teams of hundreds to, to go after this effectively uh, with this new rule yeah. where everyone, because I could see some things like, you know what? My my 11 year old child was doing some stupid stuff. Somebody caught it on video. I don't want that out there. I can get that. But when it's a 29, 39, 49, 17 year old person that's all the way grown and they're out there wilding out, it's like, no, you you did this in the public view. Listen, um, let the public privacy, view it. Their privacy is fiction. It does not exist on this internet, on Al Gore's internet. Um, and the and the sooner people internalize that idea, the better off we will all be. Yep. And free speech ain't free. <laughs> so in our, in our last uh, big story that we're going to talk about, I have to ask the question, is getting paid for your data the new wave? It needs to be. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the digital ad market, you know, when you think about all of the information you give away um, willingly, on on the internet just 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 every every single keystroke honestly at this point um is a is a data point uh so so anytime you're touching the the internet at all you're you're giving somebody whether it's google or facebook or is whoever you're giving somebody more information about you um that has a dollar value attached to it and the digital ad market right now is a 455 0.3 billion dollar market. Um, so there's a lot of money tied up in all of the information that we we volunteer um, to these platforms every day. And um, there are some companies that are that are trying to do something about it. So um, Brave Software Incorporated gives users 70% of the revenue from the ads that they view. Uh, through their browser. Um, it only averages out to about 5 to $10 a month, but it's something. Um, Reclaim Limited, another company, you can get about $10 a month 
by uh, uploading your data there. Streamlytics, we talked about that. That's what um, kind of caught my eye when I saw this article because I was like, oh, we got to shout Angela out again. Um, you can get actually a few hundred bucks a quarter um, from Streamlytics for linking a bunch of your accounts and uploading your data. Project Liberty is just a new thing trying to flesh out what they're doing. And um, Foursquare, uh, old school Foursquare that had you checking in everywhere you went um, will give you $15 a month to share your location data. So, I mean, there are some companies out there that that see um, the, the value of this and, and you know, but but is this really where the, the web is going? What do we think? Um, it's going to be tough because <laughs> our fault, we share our data freely, <laughs> is going to take a complete mind shift of thousands, hundreds of thousands millions, of people to say, millions. right, millions of people to say, hey, um, how can I profit off of my data? You know, it's just such a, uh, you know, uh, f- not foreign, but such a uh, a foreign concept to a lot of people. When it's just, when people understand that, okay, in order for me to use this service for free, they I have to share my data, and I'm pretty sure they're going to do something with it. But it would take, like you said, like I mentioned, it would take like, I mean, a complete mindset shift mm-hmm. from people to start sharing a little bit less, which is probably impossible <laughs> Not gonna happen. At, the, <laughs> at this point. But if you're looking to disrupt a you know an industry or you're going to d- disrupt the market this would be the one to try to disrupt because again like we mentioned you know a couple of shows ago or maybe even last week you know th- i mean are there even even more uh companies outside of the ones you mentioned stephanie that are actually doing this i would say no specifically trying to get people to uh profit off of their data i can't think of any so you know if you're looking for a uh, a market to disrupt. This will be the one. Now, how do you get people to realize the value of their data enough to where they start to move and act different? That's a whole other different uh, question. Well, I think you legislated. Um, I just want to jump uh, in here, Rob. I saw you get ready to uh, ready to talk, but I just want to jump in. Um, in California right now, uh, I didn't get a chance to do too deep a dive, but there is a initiative called the Data Dividend Project. That is happening in California and a couple different um, acts that they've passed around privacy protection, um, the California Consumer Privacy Act. And it's in conjunction with another thing. Andrew Yang actually was sort of the impetus uh, okay. for all of this um, during, I think, his run. But Californians is about to get cut a check. Okay. Like just off of GP and and what that project, what the data dividend project is trying to do. Um, they got that legislation passed in California where you should be compensated for your your personal information and they want to you know get similar legislation passed in, in every state so they're trying to set up chapters and, and 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 help people you know write their state congress people and all that stuff to to get it done so i mean you know we may not need to shift our minds at all if if, if we can write a law about it Right, that's true. That's so yeah, true. you stole my thunder. I was actually going to go my there bad. and see what the, you know talk about what Andrew Yang was running on his platform and what Gavin Newsom is actually doing out there in California. And I no, think no, but expand on it, please, because yeah. I like I said, I only sort of like skimmed it. So well, no, it, yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe it's going to take that to happen because what you are telling people to do is that is like we we want you to stop using this thing that you really, really, really love. And go use this other thing that has no one on it yet. 
um, where you can make money off of your data. But the thing is, you know, some people, well, actually, a lot of people are probably going to go and do that um, who are thinking about this stuff. But the masses, the masses don't. Um, you know, Stephanie, you can probably tell Terrence and I better than we can tell you because this is what you do. But people have to understand what they are putting out there in the, you know, in the Internet. Um, and once it's out there, it's out yeah. there. And I think for a lot of folks, they, they just don't understand the amount of data, the psychological profiles that these companies can build on you and determine that they probably are going to turn left at this corner as compared to turning right because of all of these other metrics that we have. I mean, it, it is that deep, um, on the level of data that people have. And we just freely, freely, freely give it away. So I don't know that people on their own because you're getting the crack of the, you know, you know, you, you're getting that taste of, ooh, I like this. I like this, you know, this thing I got on Twitter. Ooh, I like this thing I got on uh, Facebook. Ooh, I love this thing I got on Instagram. I love this thing I got on TikTok. I want more. I want more. I want more. And until you can kind of subdue that and replace it, you know, with, uh, well, we can take this data. We can still give it to you, but you have to take your data out and you need to put it over here and we need to build another, uh, you know, competing platform. I just don't know that people. Are, people are fickle. They, I, I just think yeah, I hear what you're telling me about my data, but I really like looking at TikTok. Well, um, it could just be as simple as a lot of people. There's like, well, little old me, you know, why does Facebook or why do these social media sites care about, you know, uh, what I do when I get up? It's just little old me. Right. You know, right. I think once people actually see the straight line from this information that I put in here. This is how the company makes money off of it. I think a lot of people just assume, okay, well, you know, they're going to use my data to create a better experience for me. And that's the line that they're fed. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I don't mind giving them my data because they're going to create my life easier. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Make my life easier. But they don't see the I'm putting all this data in there. And this company is literally making X amount of dollars per user. Facebook made $41.41 quarterly in 2019 off of every U.S. user in the country. Right. So I – right. And now people could do that quick math and say, hey, wait a minute now. Wait. (laughs) There's one thing to just make a a better experience for me. But – let me get, can I get and $2? Dollars? Can we I get a couple need, dollars of that? Dollar amount that? And they <laughs> right. need to keep doing that. There was a great, um, in, in researching this, there was a, a article in Forbes written by the CEO of Kinzu, which is like a actual, it's actually like a, a monitoring tool for kids and, and, and for parents to put on their kid's phone or whatever. But he did, he did the math and that's where I got that $41 from. And he just broke it all the way down to how much we should get, like, a week or a month based on mm-hmm. the fact that they're harvesting this data. Um, and, and yeah, to your point, Rob, like we just don't even have a, con- a concept, you know, of our digital footprint. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if anybody's listening, you know, if you just want to do a little nerd um, exercise, like write down everything you do that's connected to the internet, like every, mm-hmm. not just TikTok and everything that mm-hmm. Fitbit. You know, your email, your Google's mm, like paying bills that listen, mm. your bank account that, you know, that that Robin Hood account, like mm-hmm. everything you do that you do through an app or through the through your, your computer or anything electronically connected like that list is going to be long AF. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be like, oh, snap, I didn't even realize. And those are all data points. 
every single one of those things is a data point that we are giving away. But let me ask y'all this real quick. I know we coming up on time. Is they, is privacy a commodity mm-hmm. or a right? <sighs> so we talking about paying, but is this something we even should have to be paid for when we when it should just be a right that we get our privacy anyway? Um, I think you know social media companies have blurred the lines from what's public versus private data. You know, when you, you you sign up for a new service or whatever the case may be, you know, you 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 just assume that okay, anything that I put into this whatever it is is public because I put it there, right? Now, anything I don't want there, I'm supposed to put in this DM or a private message or just make my whole account private, and then I can just type whatever, and the company's not going to do anything with that information, right? So <laughs> I think a lot of people assume that... Better read right, that fine print. <laughs> right. I think a lot of people assume that, okay, well, the public stuff I put out there, I'm okay with that. The private stuff, I either don't say it or I make it private. And that should be good enough to where, you know, going back to your initial question, you know, a lot of people assume that it's, you know, uh, uh, just a commodity, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. It. Um, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say it. It, it is. Um, you're going to need laws to be put in place to change this because people like Facebook, people like mm-hmm. Instagram, people like TikTok. I don't want to give that up for a few dollars um, because that, that's essentially what we're saying that you need to do if you're going to go and use these other services. Now, if you use these other services and they do what they do uh, the right way, they could potentially build a another type of Facebook. They could build another type of TikTok, but that's going to require sea change. You're going to have to actually have you move from this platform to that platform. And people have just shown, I mean, look at all the stuff that we have talked about. This is episode 13. We talk about Facebook almost every show about, wow, Facebook right. did this, wow, Facebook did that. Facebook is growing. <laughs> they're adding users to their platform. So would you would you pay for a private experience? I would. The three of us all would, but most people aren't because they were hit with that. I want to give you this. You know, I'm, I'm. You know, basically, it's just like if you think about how drug dealers work. I'm, I'm gonna give you this for free the first time when you come right, back. That's right. when it costs. Once once I get you hooked, we get you, we get you on the comeback. That's exactly. How get you. That, the first that's, hit's always free. And Darren, you know, and Terrence, to your point, all that data that you don't think you're giving, that's the stuff that's the most valuable to these companies. They ain't just trying to let that stuff go unless the government tells them that they have no choice. And right. they they will do whatever PR thing they can do to not look bad. Uh, you know, you know, in the moment. But as long as those user numbers are not dwindling, th- there is no reason for them to change, uh, you know, their business short of we're about to be regulated. Maybe we should change this up. We're about to have this happen. Maybe we should change this up. Oh, we got to uh, pay the EU however many hundreds of millions of dollars. Maybe we should change that up. It, it takes those right. kind of and things we, to make the companies want to do because Europe is not having none of this. No, no, <laughs> they, they, like, they are um, not messing around no. at all. Uh, yeah, so they are they are passing legislation fast and furious um, to get these folk in line. Um, some of that trickles over to us because it's just cheaper to fail, fix the whole system. But you know we are still really uh, left out here unprotected uh, because our government can't seem to get their act together and 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 don't seem to think that there's a need to. Um, 
and and so yeah, until we until we actually get some folk, you know, in the government that actually understand these platforms and 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 the stakes, um, we we just gonna be left out here to the mm-hmm. the hang for right. ourselves, you know. So you guys, we're at the end. Um, we're even a little long, but I still need to go through our the Tech John spotlight because we yeah, got a good we, one. we got a good one this week. So this week's spotlight is on Dr. Mark Edeen. And let me go ahead and just read a little few things about what this brother has done. Dr. Mark E. Dean is an inventor and computer engineer who holds three of the nine patents for being the co-creator of the IBM personal computer. Now, that was just one sentence, and I could really stop right there because this dude (laughs) did a third of the patents on the PCs that we are using today. Uh, But I won't stop. I want to keep going. Born and raised in Jefferson City, Tennessee, Dean was gifted both athletically and academically. He headed to IBM, where he would spend more than 30 years after receiving a degree in electrical engineering from the University of Tennessee. In addition to being the co-creator of the IBM PC, he is also, uh, you know, touted as creating the ISA bus. Now, for those of you that uh, have been using computers since, you know, since back in the early 2000s, uh, you know, late 90s. The ISA bus basically is what allowed you to plug things in like modems, sound cards, video cards, all that kind of stuff uh, on some of these back in the day type computers. He also laid the groundwork for the color monitor and led the team that created the first gigahertz processor. Amid his work, he also earned a master's degree from Florida Atlantic University and a doctorate from Stanford. Dean was the first African-American to become an IBM fellow, the company's highest distinction, and he was also named Black Engineer of the Year in 97 and 2000. Dean was elected to the National Academy of Engineering in 2001, and to date, Dr. Dean has over 20 patents. After several years as a VP at IBM's research division, Dr. Dean rounded out his tenure at the company as CTO of the Middle East and Africa. He left the company in 2013 and now is serving as a John Fisher Distinguished Professor at the University of Tennessee after being their interim dean of UT's Tickle College of Engineering in 2018 and 2019. In a 2015 Engadget Black History Month article, Dean said that he was asked how he dealt with racism. And he said, I ignored the people attempting to block my progress and had no limits on who I would ask questions to and who I would share my opinion with. I was also able to demonstrate my ideas to the point to where it was hard to argue their viability. It took a lot of work and sacrifice, but I was confident and believed I had some good ideas. Fortunately, there were a few in the right leadership positions that agreed with my ideas. And I'm kind of smiling as I say that because he was that dude. His stuff was so on point that even the people that like, why does this pro- <laughs> keep getting all this shine? Because, yeah, he understood the assignment. He he, he right. was that dope with his stuff. Come so through black excellence. Exactly. As uh, for his current work, um, Dean tells us that he's looking to develop an alternative computing architecture, leveraging what we know about neuroscience and brain structures. Basically, it means rethinking the way we thought about computers so far. The brain tends to be a good process, to, excuse me, tends to be good at processing large amounts of unstructured data in real time using very little power. And he's trying to figure out how to do that with computers um, as efficiently as possibly today. So it's like we think of this stuff as like ancient history, but this bro is like 63, 64 years old. He is still in the right. game for another <laughs> decade doing this stuff. And he's working with brain <laughs> type computers. 
I just, Dr. Dean, just please, thinking thoughts. please don't be Joe Morgan from Terminator 2. Do not create yeah, Skynet. See, Do not create Skynet. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you had me all the way up to the last two sentences. Right. I'm like, this brother. I, I, is until a- Skynet. Yeah, right. do, yeah, do, do not don't, I don't want to be walking around with tinfoil on my hat you know tinfoil hat on my head but no uh, Dr. Mark E. Dean like said so this this brother's actually doing it and I, I, I want to say that I think I saw him speak somewhere um, around 2004 2005 um, our company was doing something with IBM and I think I heard him talk I think I think this is the guy that I, I was with. I, I need to go ask a few people, uh, you know, at my old uh, at my old place of employment to see if that was uh, who, in fact, we actually talked to. But it's like, yeah, I didn't know this. A bruh helped invent the modern computer. When you say the IBM PC, all the stuff we are using is based off of what this guy came mm-hmm. up with back in the you know the late seventies, early eighties. And shout out to IBM for uh, recognizing for that because that is intellectual property, and they could have just been like, "Eh, get off to the side," you know. Right. We so, got this. We yeah. we made this up, you know. Right. <laughs> so so <laughs> no, as, they shared it with them. As always, there is way more that we could uh, talk about, especially now with him being a professor and all this kind of stuff. He's really into, uh, you know, trying to help folks that look like us get into these uh, technology fields. And it's like, you got, you know, you got to, you know, break these barriers down. You got to, you know, got to get in. But, you know, I mean, he, he, he's got some quotes and he's basically says like, look, these companies ain't really trying to feel you like that. You got to make them feel you like that. And that's what he was doing. Like I said, the, 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 the part that I read and I started laughing and I couldn't get through it was he is getting shine, not because, He's just good, but he's so good that they had no choice but to. Because when when he was coming up, you know, you know, computers in the seventies and the eighties, it was cut, it still is, but it was it was a cutthroat business. It's like you know, folks were trying to figure out how to do this. They were trying to figure out how to do that, and whoever was first was the person who was going to get the shine. He made sure he got his by just being that much better than everybody else. That you could not take you know what he was doing away from him. And I just I kind of think it's like you know some of his peers are like how how did you know how how is he always getting his shine? It's like yeah, he he he's that dude. He's that dude. He's just that good. A conversation for another day. Uh, why do we have to be so good? I mean, you know the deal. Twice <laughs> as good to get half as far and all that. Why? Crazy. Why does he have to go through all that? Why can't America. he be regular? America. Regular and do all this uh, cool stuff. Why well, we got to go above and beyond? Well, be regular. But that's that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not looking at it right now, but we had a lot of folks who were listening to us on the live stream today. I think today was our we biggest. Did. Yeah, we had quite Why a few out there. So once Shout again, if you want to get on our live stream, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash detect John. And as we always do at the end of our show, we want to read off our patrons that we've picked up since the last week. Now, the first one, Adam Clark, you actually joined two weeks ago, but you joined. Uh, we recorded a day early, so we actually I missed you last week just because we recorded a day early. But we've got Adam Clark, Timothy Cahan and Kim White. So we want to thank you guys for all becoming uh, patrons. And we hope that you can actually come out and listen to us do the live show because we have a blast doing it. Um, you know, you get a little bit before you get a lot of it after and it's always a good time, but, uh, we're a little over on time. So I'm going to go right into, uh, letting you guys tell the people how they can get to us. So Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get to you. You can find me all around the web at tech life, Steph, and check out my website at till 
Yo, you can find me everywhere on the internet and on my website if you just go to Brother Tech. And real quick, I just wanted to give a shout out to my wife. Her birthday was yesterday, so uh, happy birthday! And if y'all, you know, just Mrs. Tech. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Sister Tech. Yeah, right. If y'all could just uh, show her some love, that would be greatly appreciated. And I am, I am at. Rob Dunwood on all the things. And also check us out over at thetechjohn.com and at thetechjohn on Twitter. And until we gather again next week, y'all, peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.